Hello, hello, one and all. How many? I don't know. Hello there. Welcome back to our castle. Ever-changing, growing, expanding, disappearing as it is. Welcome back to this place where I am, and you are too. There is a full moon today. Perhaps that's why I'm a little late with your story this week. I thought and I thought and I thought about what I want. Because I thought, well, such a bright and large and lovely moon tonight, I should make sure that all that magic buzzing around the night sky should be put to good work, shouldn't it? So, what is it that I want? I don't know. I'm happy to just enjoy all that magic, I think. That sounds so unambitious, doesn't it? I'm starting to think that ambition might be more of an obstacle than a vehicle. I suppose it depends what you want your life to be, though. Either way, I don't have much to say about myself. <laughs> what? Has hell frozen over? What do you want, this full moon? If you could direct all of your energy towards bringing one thing into your life, what would it be? What makes you want this thing? What will you have? When you have it. And if you had it, are you sure it would bring you more joy, more peace? Are you sure about what it is you really, truly want? I have a story about this. You may have gathered, given where we are, two comfortable couches a roaring fire, cushions and blankets and fine soft things if you get too frightened. We're in the story room. So, it's time for a story. Simple as that. Once upon a time, there was a woman who desperately more than anything else in the entire world, wanted to be a vampire. It's a silly thing, but come with me several steps down her journey. For thousands of years, humans have lived with the myth of the vampire an immortal thing that feeds on the blood of the living. Why, for thousands of years, have we been so fascinated? Has that fascination always felt the same, no matter which century, which country, which folklore, 
any particular human has followed. It feels like a decadent and powerful creature that ought not to be feared and pitied like a ghost or werewolf, but rather feared and revered. For they have walked this earth for so long. They have seen so many sights, lived so many lives, and remembered each. They are alluring in this sad wisdom they carry. They know just what to say and just what to do to have a human in their thrall. They have seen enough to learn how to be the ultimate hunter, to enjoy the delights of the human world for as long as they like, and not have to suffer the pain of age or disease or death or so this one woman's folklore would have her believe in this particular age she lived in. She had worked so hard for so long at work that brought her little joy but great wealth. She had no shortage of friends or suitors, but she went through relationship after relationship after relationship never finding solace in anyone enough to want to be near them for too long. She found a little reprieve in books and films and games and food and drink and fashion and sport and la-di-da-di-da this and that. Little things. But nothing that stuck for long enough to make her feel much love or connection to this reality she found herself in. She found herself in possession of a strange artifact. She'd purchased it at an auction. Historical art pieces, strange curiosities from all over the world, the type of auction only fabulously wealthy people in films about curses or supernatural horrors tend to go to. She'd gone to the auction in her most severe-looking black gown, with a little black netted veil across her face, and she easily outbid everyone for this. It was an ancient map. It was rumored to lead the way to an old mountain shrine where thousands and thousands of years ago a powerful, immortal creature, supposedly a vampire, as the myth went, lived. Though there were some chuckles in the hall when the item was described, demand was high. In the upper class of this society, even rumors of an immortal thing, no matter how far-fetched, were always valued highly because, no matter how preposterous the idea was, the one thing these people could not buy was eternal life. It's a strange obsession humans have this fixation on vampires and creatures who can turn others immortal. 
but a generally harmless one, if one does not have the means to indulge it however they like. But for the few who do, it can turn very real and very dangerous, as it did with this woman. She remembered her rebellious teenage years, dressing like characters in her vampire books. She remembered how beautiful every movie star who played a graceful vampire ever appeared. She remembered how nothing in her life had been exciting to her anymore, until she caught sight of that map. And that was that. <laughs> it's a silly thing, as I said. A rich lady who wanted to become a vampire. But that's just the beginning of the story. She traveled to a distant land she'd never planned on visiting before she'd acquired this map. She wasn't going to see the sights or get to know the culture. She was coming to, at worst, sate her curiosity and maybe win a little publicity for being the first person to visit the fabled vampire's lair from this secret and ancient map. And at best, to find the one thing she wanted more than anything. To become the wise and powerful, graceful thing that had captured her imagination, and have the one thing that anyone who was anyone in this world wanted. More life. All of the life. All of it. Forever. Through wild forests and along glorious riversides, circling the base of the mountain to look for the signs in the map that pointed to the shrine, or was it a lair, or was it an altar? The beauty of the place was wasted on her, with her single-mindedness towards achieving her absurd goal. Her guides took her down treacherous paths, protected her from creatures that might attack, taught her how to walk through this world that was so new to her. She did remarkably well. She seemed to grow in energy and ability as they traveled, and as her goal grew nearer and nearer. Finally, however, the guides would take her no further. She offered them money. She offered them some jewelry. She tried to yell at them and plead with them but they would not be swayed. There's nothing for us there, they said over and over. And they set up camp near a pleasant riverside, took out a little bread and water and cheese, and they toasted each other to the beautiful view. They would wait for her return, they assured her. They would be here when she was finished doing whatever it was she had to do. Poor things, she thought. They do not know what I mean to do. Their fear keeps them from understanding. She blushed at hearing her own thoughts, but then grinned. She did not feel shame. Rather, she felt she was well on her way to becoming a vampire. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I know, it's just so silly. She went on even as the sun began to set. She fumbled her way along rocky paths, stepping over snakes and crouching to avoid flying bats. What was sweltering heat during the day was now bitter cold with the night. Hours passed and she was tired. She feared she was lost. And she admitted to herself that she felt a little afraid. And only when she had finally started to feel even the slightest inkling of her heart perhaps wanting to turn back, did a torch in the distance light itself. And then another followed it, further down the path. Then, one after the other, torches lit in the distance. So far away they looked like little matchsticks to her, until they came closer and closer and closer and she realized she was headed in the right direction. She followed the torchlight through the rock path, eventually finding a huge wooden door covering a yawning mouth of a cave in this mountain, the door crawling with symbols smeared in blood, warnings, sacrifices, perhaps. She stood at the door and knocked. Something seemed to echo a tisk at her from behind the door, deep within the cave. She understood. She took the utility knife from her pack and sliced her hand and she lifted it to the old and rotting wood at the door, and she began to draw something in her own blood. She didn't know what. She took a breath and let her hand guide her. Somehow it came out in a shape, a shape unique from the others on the door, a shape she'd never seen before in her life, but something... Perhaps it was the something deep within the cave, or perhaps it was a something she would never know. Guided her hand. <laughs> the door opened. The voice seemed far away, but she was able to follow it and hear it grow closer. There were torches. The place was surprisingly clean and not terribly unpleasant. There were paintings on the walls from many years ago, but from different styles and periods. There were some suits of armor, some swords and shields on display. 
There were dried flowers strewn across the place. Keep going. Keep going. You've come so far, you might as well come all the way now. Rest assured, I could have caught and killed you hours ago, if that is what I wanted. And I smelled you out there, in the woods, coming closer and closer. Oh, I smelled you coming all the way back in your own burning land. She was shaking. Had she truly thought the legend would be real? Had she known all along? And what now? Was she foolish enough to keep going? Did she even have a choice in the matter now? Keep coming to me, my child. Let's see what it is you truly want. Soon she saw the floor turn to steps, ascending ahead of her. She began to walk them. They were not very steep, but there were many of them, and she felt the air changing as she rose. It was more still, more old, colder. And ahead of her, soon enough, she saw a foot peeking out of the shadows. The foot belonged to a body that was sitting on what seemed to be a little wooden bench. Strange, the traveler thought. I thought it would be a throne. But here... There was nothing. No more paintings, no more armor, no more swords or shields, no throne. The creature before her did not wear the fine silks of a queen, but rather a simple linen shift. Her long hair was the color of dust, not from age, but from dust and it hung over her shoulders and down to her feet, and it framed her face in dusty locks and in shadow. Her eyes were wide open and sunken in. Her gums receded, and her cheeks were hollow. Her bones showed through her skin. Her lips had no color. She looked hungry, and she looked tired, and she had obviously been here for many, many, many years. But she still appeared beautiful, the lady remarked to herself in awe. She still appeared wise. She still appeared powerful. Think what she could be if she fed on someone. Think what she could be if she bought clothes. Think what she could be if she were back in the world. 
But here, this vampire had nothing. Only herself. So, the creature asked her, What is it you truly want? The woman took a breath and fell at the vampire's immaculate, skeletal feet. Oh, I've explored the world. I've conquered it in every way that I can. I've tried everything to be happy, but I'm just not. The one thing I want, more than anything, I'm certain of it, is to be as beautiful, wise, and powerful as you. I want to be a vampire. The creature scoffed. <laughs> you have not explored this world at all. And you certainly haven't conquered it. She leaned closer, her bones creaking as though she hadn't moved from her seated position in a thousand years, and looked the woman in the eye, raising her chin up with a very, very long fingernail. And you think this is the only world? You've explored nothing. The traveler trembled more violently as she looked into the vampire's eyes, but she was still resolved. I know this is what I want. I know this is what I am meant to be. Like you. Like me. <laughs> the vampire echoed bitterly her face contorting into a cruel grimace. One day, you shall have to tell me what I am exactly. Then she rose, very, very slowly, the sound of bones and joints and blood moving through her painfully loud in the vacuum of the cave. Slowly, she walked to what appeared to be a large stone bowl of some kind. What will you give for it? Anything. Everything. Tell me. All right. Give me all of your money. How much? Name your price. All of it. All of it and your palaces, your homes... All of them, too. You cannot have those. Where will I? And every gown, every gemstone, every treasure. All of it. Mine. How can I give that to you? Oh, it's simple, the vampire said, as she, with sudden and surprising swiftness, circled around the hapless explorer. She roughly took her backpack from her, ripped the watch and bracelets from her wrists, yanked the rings from her fingers, pulled the earrings right out of her lobes, kicked the shoes off her feet, tore the sleeves off her silk blouse, took it so easily and so quickly. This is just a symbol. It's just a symbol. 
This will stand in for everything you have. Because you see, I can make sure you will never go back to it anyway. I wonder what will happen to it all now that you're gone and in a cave with a monster in a faraway land. You see how the symbol works. What's more important is this, she said as she snatched the cell phone from the woman's hand. Each thing she took went into the stone bowl. This. I feel like you need the most, so it's the strongest symbol. As the woman on her knees gasped and reached forward for the phone, the vampire laughed. Ah, indeed. You certainly seem to want it the most. In it goes. Everything must go. If it's a sacrifice you want, I am prepared. I want to give you my blood. Take my blood. That much should have been obvious. I want to be like you. But think what we could do with wealth. With palaces. Houses. You could be your former self. Your glorious self. The vampire sneered over her shoulder. I dare you to tell me more about myself. And then, with one flash of her eyes, everything in the bowl caught fire and burned. The woman cried out, but then she began to breathe. Fine. Fine. Take it. It's yours. Take it all. The vampire smiled. Good. Now you'll see what I am. You will be only this forever. You will be this body forever. Just you left in this body. Have you ever thought that if you died, you might return in a new body. What? You wouldn't like that. You like this one so much. Good. I liked mine too. That's important. It's important because you will see others. Friends. Enemies. Loved ones. Strangers, you will begin to live long enough to see them again and again and again in different forms. Same souls in different eyes, over and over and over, becoming more and more beautifully complex and pure and aware and taking steps backwards and forwards in a dance you will never again be invited to. Here you will be. Always this. Never more than this.
always. Here I am, always this, never more than this, always. I loved this body so covetously once that I, like you, would do anything to keep it, to cling on to it, to have it forever and ever. But I realize now that there must be so much I could have learned if I could have only let myself go. (sighs) Oh well, such is my lot. Now, are you ready to live forever? Is that the end? Should we end it there? Oh, very well. (laughs) I think that the next morning... The sun rose over a riverside scene of two friends who had spent the night dining and sharing stories in the outdoors with one another. They had been friends since they were young and now they were old and they were still friends. And the truth is they would always be friends in many different lifetimes to come. And each lifetime brought with them different things to laugh together about. Different foods to delight in over a differently staged sunrise. And even without knowing all that in their mind, they knew it in their hearts as they patted each other's shoulder and laughed again at a beautiful sunrise. After having stayed up all night singing and chatting and laughing and enjoying this lovely little world they found themselves in this time around, and they stood up to see a figure approaching from the distance. They dropped everything and immediately ran to help her. A traveler with sleeves torn and arms bruised, feet bleeding from the walk down the rocky path, breathing heavily, eyes red from exhaustion, and lips dry from dehydration, and body weak from hunger. But, fortunately, very much still human. Maybe a little more so than before. That's what I think happened. Can't be too sure, though. I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Sometimes 
I come to stories to find myself. Sometimes I come to stories to lose myself. I thought I would find what I wanted to magically invoke through a story this week. But I feel I still cannot think of anything. I cannot bring myself to spoil this beautiful night with a purpose. I want... I want you to feel that you are allowed to just enjoy. All of you. It is a powerful moon tonight. You may wish for something if you like. But maybe if we all looked up at it and allowed ourselves to feel joy and ease and wholeness without trying to do a single thing, we could come closer to actually achieving it. Something to try, perhaps. Good night. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for listening to episode 237 of On a Dark, Cold Night. Kristen Zaza here, your podcaster, writer, narrator, composer, etc., etc. I'm grateful you joined me for this episode, and thank you as well for your patience as I was late coming out with this one. I'm just wrapping up the big move over the next week, so there will be no episode around July 10th, but I'll check in after that and hopefully be able to get right back to it. Sending a big thank you to all of my patrons who support through a monthly pledge to the show on Patreon. Lots of love to you, my friends. Every Patreon supporter of $1 or more a month U.S. gets access to my complete soundtrack, while patrons of $5 or more get that, a monthly tarot reading video on the full moon. I just uploaded one today before making this episode, um, and oh boy, are they ever related. Uh, you can also get a weekly bonus meditation called Quick Moments every Thursday. Learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. The Quick Moment meditations are also available through a subscription to Sonar Plus, the Sonar Network's Apple podcast channel. For $3.99, you can get those and access to lots of other great Sonar Network content. You can also support On a Dark Cold Night through coffee.com by making a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight, or by buying a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. I would also love if you followed me on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at darkcoldnightpodcast, or on Facebook or YouTube under on a dark cold night. I'm also on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. And if you're enjoying my work, please leave a rating and a review on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, Podchaser, or wherever else you like to rate and review podcasts. It really does make a big difference. Thank you so much for listening this week. 
Happy full moon, my friends. If there is something that you know you want that will bring you joy and growth, now's the time to plan for it and start making that happen. But I hope we can at the same time realize that we are whole, we are home, and we are where we're meant to be, and who we're meant to be. Sweet dreams, my friends. And until next time, take care. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.